listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound. Um, so this is General Admission. This is the 14th episode. Welcome back. Um, as usual, you're here with me, Alessandra, and I'm also joined with Jen here in the studio. Hey, guys. And as usual, we also have a very special guest who is here, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Were you talking? You must have been talking to me. Hello. Do you want to intru- introduce yourself to our listeners and, um, yeah, I guess what you do and a little bit about yourself and your music? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm Simon Paparo and I am a Melbourne-based singer-songwriter and producer. So, yeah, so basically my, my whole thing is, yeah, writing music, um, I guess sort of creating music with as many people as I can and getting out there and also uh, recording and producing for myself and for other people. Nice. So you're, yeah, a pro- yeah that's, that's really cool that you produce as well. So you work with other people and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really enjoy the process of production. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, very creative process. And it's always interesting to see how people uh, hear their own music and that, that is how it changes over the time during the recording process and production wise people go oh maybe I'll do that and then it just ends up shifting mm. it's, it's interesting the way that happens yeah I guess when you start bringing a song into the studio and you start recording it it there, there's really so much potential for it to change and a song that mm. you might not think was like not necessarily like quote unquote like good but maybe you didn't think it was you know a standout but then you bring it into the studio and when you start adding other elements it really um Transforms, so that's really cool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the ones that you think are the are the single usually don't turn out. You know, could turn out that's another song just sounds better recorded and yeah. <laughs> the funny, funny process like that. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of production, so you've released a new single called Gold at Midnight and you've been working hard in the studio. Talk us through the production process for that one. I mean, we were talking, like, before about how, like, it was a bit of a tough one and it had to go undergo, like, five or six kind of changes yeah. before the finished product. Yeah, and did you produce that too, by the way, for yourself? Yeah, so, yeah, I was just saying how I've been working with Charlie Hart. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's been really good to work with and we're, yeah, currently working on the next single, which will be released in July. Nice. As well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, I just think it's a good, like, even though it can be frustrating at, at, at times because we've known each other for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a sibling relationship. But, um, yeah, yeah. It, it can be frustrating, but at time, but it's good because we're really open with each other, and we we understand that it's the importance of, of just telling each other the truth of how how the tracks sound. So we do that for each other's music because I do that do that with his music as well, and it just it's a really good way of improving. I think mm. by being yeah being totally honest about yeah yeah the sound. So, yeah. yeah, I definitely mm. think you need someone to like who will tell you if something sounds bad or if it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, just for important. like, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's very, people underestimate it. Like, it's so easy to just show your friends and they're like, yeah, cool, we like it. And then it sounds absolutely <laughs> shit. But then, yeah. Yeah, that's right, yeah. You want people to actually criticize your work properly so that you can improve. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> cool. So I guess last time we spoke, um, we were talking about your live shows because you've just started performing with a live band. And yep. um, originally, I guess, you sort of performed as a solo artist. You did some busking. Um, how, how does it feel now like to kind of work with a full band um, having previously played as a, um, as like a solo artist? What's kind um, of the difference? Yeah, it felt, felt pretty good. I, I have done some band work in the past, like back in 2012. I used to play... Uh, I used to have a band called The Drifting and we used to play together in Sydney. But um, so, yeah, so it was kind of familiar to me, but it had, it had been a while, but it was, it was good because we, there was four, yeah, five of us all together and each individual is a um, singer-songwriter of their own merit. So mm. it, was, it was really good to work with people that are professional and took, they, they took it very seriously and just, yeah, like when we got in there and played the the single launch at the Workers Club, it was just it was easy. And they were playing it; it was sounding sounding like the recordings there. Um, all the songs were sounding really nice and tight, and and uh, yeah, they, it was just actually quite a pleasure to work with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, how did you pick um, your live band? Did, were they are they already friends of yours? Like, did you already have people in mind, or did you sort of like? Uh, well, I guess I. I was, um, Charlie Hart was easy. It was an easy one because yeah. you know, we've been working together already. And then he had a friend uh, called Paul Mason, who's yeah a, a really great guitarist. He's been playing for Jessica Malboy, and he's one of Australia's great great guitarists. And he yeah, so he was keen to do some guitars for us. And then uh, the drummer I already knew from. Um, I used to live with him in Melbourne, and okay. he, I, he used to always be practicing drums at home. And I thought, yeah, he's he's an awesome drummer, so I got him involved. And then the bass player, I'd done some wedding gigs b- with him before. That's how I met cool. him through, yeah, playing some wedding gigs. And yeah, he's great. He yeah does some really good bass and backing vocals and stuff. So yeah. Nice. How's yeah. it playing wedding shows? Like, <laughs> that's kind of interesting. It's like yeah. the wedding singer. Well, actually, weddings are a good way. Of, yeah, good. Well, they're good income for a start. So they're also a good thing to do whenever you can. Uh, but yeah, weddings are very sort of, you know, you play, people want to hear the classic hits so they can dance. You know, when people yeah. start, start having a few drinks, especially. They they want to hear you know all the all the you know <laughs> summer of '69 and living on a prayer and all all that all those kind of stuff. Jimmy Barnes and Cold Chisel and <laughs> yeah, yeah Daryl Braithwaite oh yeah it all, come, it all comes out yeah so yeah. <laughs> yeah but they can be they can be a lot of fun as well you know you can have fun with that so it's good yeah for sure we actually had um a Sydney duo on like a couple of episodes back called Lennox Lust and mm. they do the whole corporate scene and they actually like they do um cruise ships like like around America oh. and they really actually enjoy like you know the corporate scene yeah and, but they said that they refuse to play horses they refuse they like they I actually saw them once and they did play it but like before then they were like <laughs> we we actually never play this song <laughs> because everybody asks for it <laughs> Yeah, that's right, yeah. Mm. Uh, it's a good one to have in your back pocket in case, you know, they really keep asking for it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can see how you could get sick of that song quite, e- quite easily, just playing it too, too much. Yeah, I actually, um, a couple of weeks ago, I went to see Harry Styles, like the most random thing. Um, yeah. But I went to see Harry Styles and he actually just like, 
started singing it. Like he covered oh, really? it like three times. He just like started <laughs> playing horses and um, like not even his band wasn't even playing it. He was singing it a cappella. They were probably confused. And just like in between songs, he just starts singing it and all the crowd would just be like, oh no, like here we go. And then by the third time, someone actually like in the crowd called him out and was like, please don't sing it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he saw them and he's like, you're rolling your eyes. <laughs> it's like imagine being called out by Harry Styles at his own show. Well, fair enough. <laughs> anyway. Well, uh, meanwhile, Daryl Braithwaite's just laughing all the way to the bag with his rock. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Horses. Oh, my God. Yeah, the amount of times that song's probably been covered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, like, speaking of other people's songs and covers, I guess that goes well into our first segment of the show, so which fast. is our uh, What's on Our Playlist segment. <laughs> Great so, seg. Uh, okay. so, yeah, <laughs> I'm working on it. Um <laughs> So in this segment, we basically just talk about two tracks each that we've been really loving and why we like them and, yeah, I guess just why they've been stuck in our head this week and why we've been listening to them. So usually we get our guests to kick it off. So, Simon, if you'd like to go first, you're welcome to, or if you want some extra time to think about a track, <laughs> we can go first. It's up to you. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Well, I'll start with my first one, which has changed since the last time we spoke about this. That's all right. That's okay. <laughs> um, so I've been listening to a song by Didiri called Jude. Yeah, so that's... Um, yeah, it's a great song. I, I just, yeah, I love the vocal. There's a really good, really clever vocal hook, um, the vocal melody in the chorus. Um, it's kind of almost Chris Martin-y is okay. the way that, that, that he does that vocal melody. just really sucks you in and, you know, the lyrics are great. Great sound for the song. Yeah, I just think it's awesome. Yeah. Nice. What about what about you, Jen? What have you been listening to? Um, so they've also changed since um, we last spoke about this. Um, but yeah, so have you heard of a, um, a band from North London called Wolf Alice? Yeah. Yeah, they're great. So they're actually, yeah, they're touring um, here in Australia in September. And so I was listening to their album from last year called Visions of a Life. And it's such a beautiful album. Like um, the the lead singer Ellie's like voice is just incredible, like with a vibrato and just mm. like, and, and how high she can go as well. Um, so there's this song, which is purely just vocals and guitar um, called After the Zero Hour. I think it's like the the second last track. Or, yeah, one of the, the, the later tracks. Okay. And it's just, it's so, I think what I love about it is it's just so clear and raw. Like you've literally just got this pure guitar and then like, like her falsetto and it's just, and the vibrato really comes through as well. And it's it's just such a beautiful track. Highly recommend. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, I one of my songs. I think it's still the one that I talked about last week. <laughs> I've still been listening to it, so I guess like it shows how um, how great it how, is, how good it is. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, it's a song called um, "Fucking and Rolling" by Fantastic Furniture. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. It's a very um, – my mum actually really likes the song too, so. <laughs> but every time she listens to it, she's like, I wish you didn't say fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds quite funny because it's Julia Jacqueline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Fantastic Furniture, if you didn't know, is a Sydney-based band um, who is fronted by Julia Jacqueline. So she's quite successful. She's very – um, I guess kind of she's quite well known um, kind of indie folk artist and her yeah, music awesome. yeah yeah she's really really cool and her music I guess is very um, autobiographical and quite heavy I'd say and um, very emotional so I feel like it's cool to see her with this side project and the rest of the band as well also have um, their own solo projects and um, their guitarist, Elizabeth Hughes, she's got her own um, solo stuff as well. And um, they just kind of created the band just for just for fun, just, I guess, to just make music without any limitations or any pressures from, I guess, like record labels or um, publications. And I guess it really translates with this song because it's just very fun. There's like literally like five lines of lyrics throughout the whole song. So there's not... It's brilliant. Yeah, there's like it's just it just sounds really cool and the video um is like a slow-mo um just clip of them running around like glebe and just it's and they're just <laughs> dancing like in parks and stuff. So I think it adds to that vibe of just sort of starting a band just with your friends for the sake of making music and it's just a fun song. Like I, that's all I can really say about it. <laughs> it's a cool track. Yeah, and they're releasing check, in Check that one out. Yeah, yeah, they're releasing an album in July, so I'm very excited for that. So yeah. A lot of awesome albums coming out like the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah very totally. looking forward to it. What about you, Simon? Do you have another track for us? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, one just like you, the <laughs> one that I'm still listening to now, which is uh, <laughs> London Grammar Rooting for You. Nice. So that's, yeah, I just love this song. It's. Only Is it all for me? Yeah, her vocals are just off the hook in this song. It's crazy. Um, and it's just a very simple, sort of, very sort of simple synthy kind of sound. Uh, but yeah, I just, her vocals are sort of spine tingling, when, especially when she gets up into that high register, just smashes it out. It's amazing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, definitely going to give that a listen. And, and take us back to the first time, if you can remember, that you listened to this song. Like, what was running through your head when you first heard it? Well, I think I was driving somewhere at the time, actually, and it came on to Triple J, and I was... And I, I was just like, whoa, what is this? I've got to crank this up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I was, yeah, I don't know where I was at the time, but I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And that, that's what made me look it up when I first heard it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah cool. it's always nice to hear a song on the radio that you really like. I feel like that's, I don't know, it's a nice moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah and it doesn't, it doesn't always happen where you're just listening to the radio and you're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What about you, Jen? Do you have another song? How do I segue this? <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> fine. We like a lack of segs. We'll just run with it. Um, yeah, so this is also a new track. Um, so, Well, not a new track in the sense that it came out this year, but that is one that I discovered like this morning um, on the way to uni. Um, so this is a song called um, Blair Gorey by um, a new Melbourne band called Barcelos.
Um, it's really, yeah, it's really interesting. Like, it's just, it's, it's very like you've got like this like fast, um, kind of like strumming in the beginning, and it's just, it's a very like atmospheric kind of song. But it kind of like creeps up on you as the song like keeps going. And I just, I love those types of songs, like ones that kind of just like hit you and leave you with like a lingering like feeling mm. um throughout yeah. the song yeah. Wanting more. Oh, yeah nice yeah exactly so definitely check that one out mm. yeah yeah i love the atmospheric style songs oh. yeah that's so mm. really into that yeah. yeah i love how you just kind of especially when you listen i feel like when you listen to an atmospheric song in the car and it's just like surrounding you i think that's the coolest like <laughs> The coolest way to listen to those type of songs. It makes your private <laughs> bubble even more of a private yeah. bubble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just crank it up and just blare out all the traffic noise. That's it. Honestly, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Suppress the road rage too. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of that. Exactly. <laughs> so um, what's your second track? So um, I've been listening to a band called Now Now. They're from the US and they just released their first album since 2011 um, last week. And it's called Saved. And there's a song on there called MJ. Which is like a kind of a cool like synth rock kind of song. Um, It's just a very like musically, it's quite like simple, I would say. Like the drum beat is quite simple and... It's more like the vocal melody that is really catchy and there's like a little reference to obviously Michael Jackson because it's called MJ. Yeah. Like she's singing about a girl who um, is like um, in a relationship with this other guy and how he has her heart and like she wants it back. And there's like a little line in there where she like calls her Billie Jean and she's like, you know, Billie Jean, um, he's a criminal, like don't go back with him. (laughs) Oh my God, all the references. It's like a cool little like (laughs) little reference that I thought was cool because the... um, the even though the title of the song is called MJ, the actual song doesn't really have a direct reference to like Michael Jackson, but obviously everybody hears MJ and like thinks Michael Jackson. So yeah, I thought it was a yeah, cool track. Sure. And yeah, I guess that's it. Really, yeah, that sounds intriguing. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's a nice little wrap up for our um, what's on our playlist. Yeah, which we um we put every we collate all the tracks onto a Spotify playlist called GA Weekly, so you can find that on Spotify if you feel inclined okay. yeah. to listen to some new tracks <laughs> and and some really old ones as well. Yeah, because yeah. we love our vintage bangers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. So we'll go into our um second segment, which is our in depth track review, which is where our guest um talks about one of their tracks and kind of just talks about the story behind it, maybe the songwriting process, and just any little interesting facts i guess for the track <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um simon you've just released your new track um did you want to talk a little bit about it and kind of the making i know we've already kind of touched on it but a little bit more the meaning or like the your writing process just kind of give you free reign <laughs> yeah yeah chat away no so the new track is um gold at midnight of writing this song at first was just to create a pop song and um, yeah structure it as a as a pop song 
And so I did that. And then it was one of those ones whereby after I'd written it and sort of sung the lyrics a few times, I was like, oh, I'm actually writing this about my girlfriend. How oh, about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, it was, yeah. Those ones, I'm like, oh, that's what it's about. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess it's a, it's a folky kind of, a very sort of subtle folky kind of track. Um, with uh, it starts off with a with a mandolin, so I, I wanted it to have an instrument with a point of difference in the in the recording. So I used mm. my mandolin for the um, opening of the song and throughout the choruses and stuff as well. Um, and then yeah, it's it's got sort of a little lot of piano, little little piano sort of hook at the end. And um, I worked on co-writing this with Charlie Hart. He helped me with some of the structure and the vocal parts. So he sings. He actually sings the um, the vocal, uh, the lead vocal in the chorus, and I go up and do the high harmonies in the chorus. Mm, great, so, interesting. Yeah. So I thought <clears throat> I thought uh, at first, as something different. Why not? let go of my lead chorus and give it away <laughs> yeah. for someone else to sing because it's it's actually, I felt, you know, I wanted to do that, but at the same time, I still found it hard to do because I, I'm not, I wasn't used to doing that. But there was something um, something nice about doing that as well. I don't know, it just, just seemed to feel right. And his his voice suits the lower register better anyway. And, um, and I, I feel like we've got a pretty good vocal blend there as well. So, mm. yeah, yeah, that's really interesting, I guess, like, as a singer as well, letting someone else sing the chorus in a way. Not letting them, but like giving them that platform and you kind of sing that higher register for a little yeah. bit of a varying tone, I guess. Mm. It's kind of, that's, that's a like interesting decision, like a cool one, but like an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very interesting. We're talking about it later. It's like, oh. Maybe we should have called that a feature, you know, just yeah. like, <laughs> featuring Charlie Hart. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, no, it was fun. Uh, it's yeah. So this with Golden Midnight, it was a song. I think I touched on earlier that just it took a few years to actually develop it to the point where I, I was happy with it and ready to release it. Um, so yeah, I produced it in my my home studio at, at Fordor Studios, which is based in Reservoir. Just give that a little plug. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it took a, a lot of playing around with the vocals, um, re-recording the vocals um, and guitar parts, especially, and also getting a good good structure happening where mm. it just sort of um, lifted and picked up a bit more at the end of the song, rather than just sort of being too flat dynamically. Mm. stuff like that so yeah it took a took a little bit of refining before it got there but um you're really happy with how it is at now so it's good yeah, it's it's a great track, um, and and throughout the whole process, um, whether it was with writing or recording the song, was there ever like a turning point moment where you felt, oh crap, like this is all coming together? Like it wasn't like you know originally, and we've you know we've done the hard yards, but we're getting there. What was the moment for you? Uh, well, yeah, so it got to a point where I really remember it, where it got to this point where I just had a had a bit of a meltdown with the studio program I was using and just, I don't know, like I was just like, I was, all, I was almost ready to just throw throw away the whole recording. I was like, oh no, like everything just went wrong. And Anyway, so I had to go back to a, luckily I had a previously saved version, which was, I don't know, it might have been a month old or something and it was, it was, it was quite devastating. So I had to go back and then fix it up again. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> 
because I, yeah, I don't know what happened. Something, there was a massive issue with the timing or something. And anyway, I got to a meltdown point and then I was just like, okay, I just need to step away from this for a few weeks um, and give my ears a break from this song. And so I did that. And when I came back to it, I was able to fix it really quickly. Um, I think that, that break and the ear break from the song really helped a lot. And then I was able to get back. And then that was probably the point when I came back to it and then managed to fix up that timing issue and start sorting things out. I was like, yeah, you know, I was telling Alana that, uh, you know, this is it. This is actually starting to happen. I think I'm going to finish this song and be happy with it. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess sometimes, though, you sort of have to. Um, if you didn't have that struggle with the track, it might not have turned out as good as it is like as it is now. Yeah, exactly right. If you just sort of recorded a version, liked it, and then left it, you might not have, you know, like gone back and kept, if you conti- what because you continuously worked on it, maybe it turned yeah, out yeah. better than it would have originally. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, if, if you look at uh, say one of Bob, Bob Dylan's lines, he says, "Behind every beautiful thing, there's been some kind of pain," and mm. I think that's that's kind of true with life, really. Mm. I guess you know you've got to go through that the hard yards to to actually achieve something really nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's interesting with music because, like, we know that some of the greatest songs, like you know, came out you know basically like in a couple of hours or within a day. But at the same time, also some of the best songs came from like years of, of grinding on one track. Mm. So it's really interesting. Like you can't really predict, can you? Like when you know, a, like a gem in music is going to come out in terms of songwriting. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, one of the songs that will be on the EP that I'm releasing in October is um, that's a track called "Grown," and that song I, I wrote it literally in about ten or fifteen minutes. Nice. <laughs> and it, and it, the structure hasn't really changed ever. The lyrics haven't changed. It was. It just came, it just flew, flew out straight away. Whereas, yeah, whereas it gold at midnight just took a, was a lot more of a grind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I guess that's the cool thing about songwriting is you never really know like whether a song will take you fifteen minutes and like sound great because that in, that experience in itself is so. Um, it's almost like a fluke kind of moment that everything just comes together <laughs> in that short amount of time. Um, and then there's also, I guess, you you don't know if like that a song is going to take you months and months to refine um, because you're not yeah. like necessarily happy with it or like there's things that you could change. So I guess yeah, it's just right. the songwriting process, really, <laughs> the creative process. It depends how well you're, you're channeling from the song gods, I guess. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when when you write, like do you have to sort of be – like, do you write in your studio or do you kind of write anywhere or, like, do you have to be in a, like, relaxed mood to write or, like, how? I, I think I just have to be in the in the right mood at the time, I guess, for, for songwriting. Mm. I, I think it could be in any sort of, for me personally, it could be in any sort of atmosphere, um, any anywhere really. I, like, for example, uh, a few days ago I was out in Burke Street Mall doing a busking session and... Uh, as you do, you get a bit bored of playing the same the same old material. So I just wrote, I just played, started playing and writing something on the spot, and uh, I was quite happy with the the sound of the chorus in that. So I just uh, once I finished jamming out on that song, I just put down the chorus straight away, and then I wrote the rest of the lyrics on the train home. And uh, so that song's yeah, pretty much done. I mean, it could do with a bit of refining, but yeah, the the lyrics are done anyway. 
Mm. Yeah, nice. And um, and and speaking of the new EP, which you're currently working on, like as these songs are kind of taking shape, like are you seeing any kind of like real story binding the songs together, or are they more just individual stories that are just on this EP? Uh, yeah, more more just individual stories, I guess. Um, some of the some of the songs will be. Uh, you know, story like like Golden Midnight is a story of early love. I guess there's other songs on there that are songs of uh, unrequited love, mm-hmm. and then there's another song on another song that's going to be on there is a song that's based on the book The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. So oh yeah, mm. I really really like the story of that book. Yeah, so I, I read that book recently. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I guess it's a mixture of sorts. Yeah. Cool. And I guess too, like with um, Golden Midnight, you were saying that when you sort of started writing it, you sort of realised, oh, this song is like actually about my girlfriend. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like when you write, I guess that, does that kind of subconscious like take over? Like do you sometimes, once you've sort of written it, then you're like, oh, okay, this is like what I'm dealing with or what I'm thinking about or... Yeah, like it hits you like after. Yeah, or do you usually kind of already sort of have an idea of what you want to write about when you sit down? Like are you a person that kind of comes up like with music first or are you a like more of a lyric-based songwriter? Uh, I find that that kind of varies. Um, Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess writing that chorus the other day, I was on the spot busking and it just sort of all flew out at the same time the chords and the lyrics but whereas there's times where I'll, I'll start a song based on a subject that I've already got some words to um, or yeah I, I find probably most of the time I'll generally have some chords on the guitar and then I'll start writing to, to that mm. at the same time um, but yeah I, I yeah it does vary a lot for, for me I, I feel with that. Yeah, I guess that's a good mm. thing then because you kind of get a bit of a mix of like music focused songs or like lyric heavy tracks as yeah, well. Yeah, it gives a so dynamic, I think. You have a bit more yeah, of a dynamic. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. It mixes it up. Yeah. Cool. So you were talking about um, that you you were busking. So you, you busk, like, do you busk quite frequently or how often? Um, at the moment, I'm sort of doing once. Once or twice a week, I do a busking okay, session down at Backstreet Mall. Just so I find it's really good, uh, good practice to get out there and work on your set. Uh, just yeah, in terms of songwriting, it's it's good. I mean, this bit of time on the train that I can just you know think about some lyrics or yeah, go over a few things. Um, I think Backstreet Mall is a, a really good place to to practice that. So, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and speaking of busking, like. Like, you must have met some pretty, like, awesome and interesting people over the years, you know, like, since you've been on the street. Um, do you find that any of those stories have, have bled into your songwriting at all? Like, there, have there been some people that have just been inspiring or just interesting enough that it's carried into into your songs? Uh, not, uh, yeah, no, I haven't actually, no, that's a good point. I haven't actually written anything about them, but I suppose I could. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. It's, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a few little, yeah, stories. I mean, there's uh, a guy, I remember there was a guy in, uh, once <laughs> walked past me in Sydney you know, um, as I was busking. He was like, oh, get it, you know, don't come back. He was just, yeah, he really obviously didn't like my stuff. But um, I think he, uh, yeah, I don't know what, he might have been on drugs at the time or something. That guy, he seemed a bit sort of just upset with the world in general. Mm-hmm. But then there's, there's other times where, you know, you might have somebody who throws a note into your 
uh, busking like, into your little guitar case and just, yeah, I once had a note written to me saying, oh, thank, uh, listening to you has helped me un- un- unblock my writer's block. And so that was a really sweet little thing too. So that's, yeah, you get a bit of all sorts going on when you're busking, really. Mm, yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it might inspire a song one day. I mean, I'm sure you'll meet some some crazy or cool character that will have a lot form a song. I find that, um, you know, that people, a lot of people, just sort of street folk, just sort of take you in as well when you're busking. They, they just take you in as one of their own. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, I think... You know, it's it's interesting dynamic, but um, they certainly, yeah, they they see you as one of them, and you know they'll, you know, I've had guys go to the cafe and bring me water on a hot day and stuff like oh, that. That's great. Really, really generous people. Yeah. And, and and is that yeah? Is that how it was like at the start as well? Because naturally, like when you're playing your very first busking gig, like it's probably going to get a bit nerve wracking as well. And 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 this is the first time that people are hearing you, um, like sing and perform. Like were, like were people like just as hospitable like at your first busking gig as they are like now? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I guess yeah. Uh, I guess over, as you as you're playing and busking more. You, you sort of work out how to draw draw a few more people in, but yeah, um, I think overall, yeah, there's still a lot of nice people out there that are willing to, you know, donate to the cause, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all, there's always going to be people that don't like your music. It's just whether they're um, sort of angry enough to voice it or not. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes they are, but yeah. <laughs> I don't think you've had anyone too bad yet, right? But hey, there's always nah. a best for everything. <laughs> nah, it's not been too bad. I've been pretty pretty lucky with that. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I guess yeah, um, we'll go into our third segment now, which is our non-music segment. So uh, last time we spoke, we were talking about how you really enjoy cooking and yeah. um, gardening, and that you also used to be a chef. If mistake me if I'm wrong. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how um, are you still like a very avid cook at the moment? Like, um, or is it something that you sort of just do occasionally? Like, yeah, I guess uh, talk us through that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I still, I still cook a fair bit, actually. Yeah, I, uh, I guess um, at, especially at the start of the week, I find it handy just to do like a big batch of something. So mm. they've got, yeah. It saves it seems to save us a lot of time if there's something um, that we can eat that's yeah that'll last. So uh, well, I, I cook for my fiance and she's like vegetarian and gluten intolerant, pork jerky intolerant. So that's always interesting. <laughs> so I'm to, a bit of a challenge cooking for her, but yeah, um, like last night I made a roasted vegetable risotto. So that, oh, yeah, that'll, that that'll sounds... do for the next couple of days. So. Yeah, that sounds um, yum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I certainly enjoyed. I was I was trained as a chef in an Italian restaurant, just run run by an Italian family in Sydney, and then I ended up going over to London for a working holiday for a um, couple of years and worked in a, an Asian restaurant, a fine dining an Asian restaurant over there. So yeah, I saw a couple of different cuisines and yeah, I've seen quite a few interesting dishes out there, and there's there's some really good stuff, I guess. With regards to cooking, my my influences, you know, originally would come from from my grandmother, my Italian grandmother, and she's influenced the, the whole family 
in uh, in that regard. Uh, we grew up with her. She was um, uh, she was always making pasta when we were kids, and and you know we'd get the she'd get the kitchen seats back to back and put a couple of broom handles across them, and then would <laughs> lay the pasta over the broom handles and make ravioli. Her her ravioli is famous. Like every Christmas, there'll be her ravioli. And everyone's just hanging out for it. The whole family just loves it. Yeah, yeah just imagine yeah. one year, like, just something happened and the ravioli did not show up on the table. Like, I bet it would be a travesty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it would be. It would be. And mum was telling me the other day that she's slowing down a bit now and she's she's not making as much ravioli. And I'm just like, no. So <laughs> someone's going to have to take over and make yeah, ravioli. Someone's going to have to learn how to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that'll be you. <laughs> yeah, it could the be. Chef. It could be. Actually, that's, that's probably true. I, I have. I've made it before, actually, and um, her recipe is awesome. I've got the recipe for it. So. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you should make, like, a family cookbook with everybody's recipes. and. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. It's like a nice Christmas present for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely put my mum's lasagna into that. That'd oh, be nice. Great. nice. <laughs> yeah, typical. All, all the Italian food, really. I could eat pizza, yeah. like, every single day of my life. and like I would. Oh, yeah. Pizza's one of those foods you just you never get sick of. It's yeah. amazing like that. I think there was um there was a pizza joint in Brunswick. Oh, where is it? Brunswick, Ligon Street. That won it recently won like the world's best oh, pizza, yeah. like the international prize. Pretty amazing. Yeah, um, I guess yeah, like I Melbourne's there. quite known <laughs> for their food. Yeah. yeah, pretty spoiled here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I've actually I've heard of that pizza place. I'm on on Ligon Street. I don't know. I know there's heaps of restaurants on Ligon Street though, right? Yeah, 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 it's called it's called Four Hundred Grady. I've been there. It's I had the pizza I had, after hearing about that. I was like, right, I have to yeah, go try you've got to go. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. My um, my family and I we just recently went to Japan like last year, and for like the first two days, we actually had pizza. Like we found a really good pizza place in Tokyo, <laughs> and and my sister was so mad. She's like, "You're we're in Tokyo and we're eating pizza. <laughs> like, why? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> time to change it up. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> She's like, I want ramen. Like, why are we getting pizza? Oh, yeah, ramen's yeah. awesome. And, like, speaking of, like, um, like food from different cultures, so when you were over in London, um, like, what what's some of the more traditional London fare that you experienced while you were over there? Uh, I found London was just sort of a, a mixture. It was really, yeah, a mixture of everything. I, I didn't really find, uh, you know, obviously there's... <laughs> Like what are they called? The chippers, the, the fish and chip shops. <laughs> yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah, there's actually more of those than McDonald's in London. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I just I, I would sort of sample a bit of bit of everything. There wasn't really one set cuisine I'd stick to. But I, I guess what I was mainly eating was was um, Asian food because I was working probably I was in the kitchen fifty to sixty hours a week um, serving up. Yeah, Asian food from around uh, different areas. So out, we had a, we were part of four restaurants over there, um, and the, the executive chef would just like be flown around to different regions in Asia and bring back recipes. He had the best job ever. Wow! <laughs> Everyone was like jealous of his job. Everyone was like, "So when when are you gonna like? We found a new job for you. Like, are you moving on soon?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Just so that they could apply. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a great job. Just get flown to Asia, find the best recipes, come back, and then just walk into a restaurant and go, here you go, guys, this is what you do. Put this yeah. dish on. See you later. I'm out of here. <laughs> that sounds like one of the best jobs in the world, Although, to be honest. I imagine, like, if you were in that job, like, how active would you have to be if you're just, like, constantly eating? 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah, you'd, oh, you'd have to watch your weight, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like a daily run or something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. do you have like yeah. a signature dish now that you've kind of been around the world and you've worked in restaurants? Do you do you have like a signature dish? Your, your grandma's known for her ravioli. Like what are you, what are you known um, for? <laughs> Even if it's yeah, like the simplest thing. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I don't uh, – I do a few different ones, but I don't know. I guess uh, – what I, I can tell you my favourite dish is a is an Italian pasta. It's called aglio, aglio pepperoncino, which is just it's, – it's so simple. It's extra virgin olive oil and fr- you fry fry up some garlic chips and put a bit of chilli in, in it mm. and, then, and then some parmesan and that's it. Mm. So it's a really simple pasta, but it's very – Tasty. You have to really be into your garlic and chili to, yeah. to like that one. Um, I have to vote, but, so. I think that, uh, something else that that you're really passionate about as well that we spoke about last week um, is gardening, right? And and it's so good yep. as well because because like you love to cook, you're you're just surrounded by fresh produce, like it's right in in your backyard. Like that must yes. be pretty awesome. Yes, certainly is. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the way to go. I think you can save yourself a lot of money as well if you're gardening. I think, especially if you're growing things, you know, like that are a bit more expensive, like limes or I don't know, passion fruit or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely fresh produce and and fresh herbs. I think are the way to go because I don't know about you, but when I when I find when I buy a, a, you know just a bunch of fresh herbs from the supermarket or whatever, then it'll just I won't use all of it. It'll go off. Whereas yes. if it's gr- growing, you can just use bit by bit as you, as you need it. So much better. Mm. Yeah. So um, at the moment, I've currently got some silver beet growing, which is uh, yeah, it's looking really fresh and yeah. getting sizable now. So that, that's a good little winter veg. And we've got some snow peas happening mm. as well. Oh, I love snow peas. <laughs> snow peas. Yeah. And there's a few little baby lemons showing up on the lemon tree now as well, which is good. So Ooh. getting there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you um? Have any fruit? Like, do you grow any fruit? Or I mean, fruit trees are a bit harder to maintain. Mm. But have you ever? Yeah, they are. We got some because we're we're limited for space. We got some dwarf um, citrus trees. So we got like a dwarf mandarin tree and a dwarf lime tree as mm. as well. Um, so they they haven't got any fruit on them as yet because they're a bit too young. But they're looking looking healthy, which is the main thing. Yeah. And. Um, uh, I've also got a, a kaffir lime tree, so that's really awesome. You use the leaves of that to um, in like Thai curries or Thai fish cakes and stuff like that. They're mm-hmm. really super fragrant leaves. Like you could just scrunch up a leaf and smell it, and you could like use it as your cologne. It's that good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so good. Um, yeah. But yeah. And they're they're a good one to grow because you know you could buy a punnet of those those leaves a small punnet of those will cost you four or five bucks at the supermarket it's pretty expensive so mm. that's a good one to grow as well yeah they're nice and 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 so backtracking a little bit when was the first time you actually started really you know getting into gardening was that around the same time that you know you were kind of learning how to cook and 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 that or was or was that something that came a little bit later. Uh, it came a little bit later, actually. I um, yeah, the gardening's sort of only been in the last I don't know, I guess sort of five five years, four or five years, yeah. Mm. Um, where I just sort of yeah, I just realised that you know if you spend a little bit of time on it, you can really get some good results in the kitchen, and you don't have to worry about buying too many you know too many herbs or whatever. Yeah, I I, I don't know. There, there's something about gardening um, that's you know when you're out there and you're just sort of dealing with the plants and you can sort of just 
go into your own little gardening world <laughs> and just go. And it's there's something really peaceful about it. And yeah, I don't know. Like like you're literally describing my mom right now because mm-hmm. like I, <laughs> yeah, she's like such an avid gardener. Like I feel like like if you guys talked about it, like yeah. Yeah. Like an hour long conversation. See, my mum hates gardening. <laughs> my mum, we have a really big um, orange tree in my house. Like, oh, um, nice. A huge, huge tree. And that's like the only, it, it bears so much fruit, but a lot of the time it falls and then they start to like rot. So you can't really eat them. Uh, mm. um, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we've had like lemon trees and mandarin trees. We used to have a passion fruit tree. But I think oh, nice. our backyard is just so big that it's like overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. probably why my mum doesn't like gardening. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's so constant gardening. Yeah, I guess if it's too big, you just you you actually become a full time gardener. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I guess like an orange tree is already so difficult to maintain. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, so right. big. Well, it's not really you- difficult to maintain. Sorry. How does she go with the passion fruit? Because we just planted one recently, and it's uh, I'm finding finding it tricky to get any passion our, fruit. So far. our neighbours actually planted it, and then it got so big that it came over the fence. Oh, nice! That's that's what you want. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. don't even have to. <laughs> and so then it was like all over our fence, and I think we tried to maintain it for a little bit. But I was a kid; I was really little, so I don't really remember. It, I just remember that one day, it kind of just like. Turn yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> because we, we didn't plant it. It just sort of came over the fence. Um, and you're just like, mm, some tasty morsels have come over the fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I love passion fruit. That's probably why I remember it. But I don't really remember much, like a lot of it coming. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I was probably like five years old. And, and then it disappeared. Yeah, and then I think my parents were like, no, we don't want this growing <laughs> over our fence. So they got rid of it. Well, well, passion fruits. I mean, they're they're kind of the size of a of a tennis ball, which brings me to my next point and my next hobby, which is tennis as well, which oh, I hey, forgot hey. to mention. <laughs> How's that for a segue? That was a really bad. Yeah, segue. That, that, no, no, that was amazing. That, that was so good. <laughs> and also into a sport that I cannot play to save my life. I love watching it. Yeah, I used to play tennis yeah. when I was a kid, but not anymore. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just, yeah, I've really been getting into it lately. That's another thing that I just, I love. I, I've been, um, yeah. Been, I've signed up to a tennis club now, which um, recently. So yeah, getting right into it. Nice, <laughs> yeah. Um, who's your favourite tennis player? Are you a, like, do you follow the Open? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Players? I uh, I love Roger Federer. He's yeah. he's a bit of a freak of nature, really. I yeah. Think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All all class, and he's got such a like a nice flowing motion to the way he plays, and that's probably why he's. The, been the greatest ever, I reckon. Yeah, so <laughs> how often do you play? Are you like a do you like to play singles or doubles or what's your Uh I do a bit of both. I play tennis at least three times a week. Oh, so nice. cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um I do there's the doubles thing every Saturday, so if I can make that I'll go to a doubles just a social game. Um and there's a Wednesday night singles uh competition that I go to that's local as well. Nice. Um men's singles and then yeah whatever tennis buddies I can get during the week and we'll have a hit, I will do that as well. (laughs) What's so cool and kind of just to come back to music for a little bit here is that even though obviously you're immersed with songwriting and recording, especially now that you're in the studio working on this new EP, you're surrounded by so much other inspiration too and Mm. and you're just busy with so many other things. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Yeah, that's right. And the funny thing is, like, I don't know. I lo- I, it seems to me, I, I, I know a lot of musicians that are tennis players. So I think there's, <laughs> there is to it, yeah. Like, I play with th- at least three guys that are ten- uh, musicians as well that are tennis players. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I, I wonder what the connection is. Like, yeah. there must be some sort of intrinsic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a band called um, Half Noise, and like their whole band are all tennis players, really? and like they just play tennis in like every every city that they go and like tour. In. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that's cool. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I once played a doubles tennis match, and I, I was. Um, I was playing with the guy, the guitarist from Dragon. Oh yeah, um, mm. you know, the, you know Dragon. They sing like April Sun in Cuba. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I was, yeah, I was on his team and we won. So it was cool. It was good. <laughs> We're like, yes, got him. That's so cool. <laughs> it's like even if I wrote a crap song the other day, we won the, the tennis. The supplement. tennis, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess maybe is that like a good way to to end the the show so on like an uplifting yeah. tennis? <laughs> yeah, <note? laughs> tennis fun. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, the French Open's now started, I think, or oh, nice. at least mm. it's about to start if it hasn't already. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, who's your favorite um, Williams twin? <laughs> oh, uh, oh controversial. controversial. Yeah. Uh, I probably it probably is Serena to be honest. Yeah. I mean, she's. Yeah, I mean, she's incredible. She's what has she got? Like twenty-two or twenty-three Grand Slams or something. Yeah, something, like, something really abnormal. Insane. Normal. I'm just waiting for her to take out the um, the record because I I wanted to beat Margaret Court's record of twenty-four or whatever it is. I just right. want Serena. Yeah. I just want Serena to take that crown. But, yeah. yeah. I'm sure a lot of people would support that. <laughs> Me too. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so just to, to round out the chat, so um, you just want to give us, like our listeners, you know, just a bit of a, a background into, you know, what's to come, whether you've got any live shows, um, when your new single might be released, go for it. So uh, the new single that I'm recording is currently looking like it's going to be a late July release, so I haven't actually got a date set on that as yet. Um, but definitely going to be a single release in late July and October for the EP launch. So um, th- with the EP launch, I'll be doing sort of an East Coast tour of Australia as well along with that. So really looking forward to that. And, yeah, at the moment, uh, head on out and grab the current single that's just released. Uh, Gold at Midnight is available on Spotify and iTunes and Amazon and all those crazy stores. So, yeah, <laughs> that's nice. pretty, pretty much it. Pretty much it. Yeah, I don't have any gigs on at the moment. I'm trying to finish off the EP in the studio. So, yeah, yeah. just keep, keep, keep keeping the gigs at a minimum. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And work on the on the EP on the production. It's important. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time again to chat with us. <laughs> no, um, that's alright. Really no worries. We appreciate it. And um, yeah, I guess good luck with the EP. We'll stay tuned for any for your new single, and we're mm-hmm. looking forward to it. All right. No worries. Thanks a lot for having me, yeah. Jen and Alessandra. Cheers. listening to General Admission, where we bring you your front row ticket to the stories behind the sound.